Hello and welcome to this very special bonus episode of the Performance Rising podcast. I'm really excited to bring this episode to you. I had the rare chance of speaking with three Cortland men's soccer players. Uh, So back in episode one, I talked to head coach Steve Axtell. And in this episode, I speak with three players, Luke, Ian, and Eric. Now, what's unique about this is that each of these players were transfers. They came from other schools and then transferred into Cortland. In this conversation, all three players provide insight into what this culture actually is at Cortland State. It's one thing for a head coach to talk about, and it's another thing to hear how players actually feel and experience the culture. I hope you like this. Special thanks again to Luke, Ian, and Eric, and the men's soccer team at Cortland State. Very special episode today. Uh, With me, I have three Cortland soccer players. Uh, all transfers and uh, with me is Luke, Ian, and Eric and guys why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. All right uh, my name is Eric Stewart. I transferred from Adelphi University off uh, Long Island and I'm here looking for a new uh, environment and a new new, like passion for the game of soccer so that's why I'm here. Great thanks. My name is Ian Blue. I'm a transfer from Iona College based out of New Rochelle. Um, my reason for transferring was because I did not get along with my coach, unfortunately, the way I, I, I thought I would. Um, of course, I had a great relationship with all my teammates, but when that base that base core kind of falls apart, you kind of just lose your you lose your momentum, you lose your your reasoning for playing, you kind of just start to slack off a little. So I looked for another opportunity and Corley gave me that opportunity. So I took it and that's why I'm here. Thanks, Ian. And uh, my name is Luke Campbell. I'm a transfer from Old Dominion University, which is in Norfolk, Virginia. I'm originally from Catlett, Virginia, which is in uh, like just outside DC. Um, I transferred because although I did um, have some slip ups with my grades, but I also did not have a good atmosphere, you know, with the coaches there and just kind of misunderstandings here and there. And I needed to continue to grow as a soccer player and challenge myself. Um, and the culture here is just great and level soccer is great as well so fine here all right guys thank you for that uh it's really important for everyone to kind of take stock here who's listening Uh, what's so unique about this is you have three transfers who are all coming from a different environment so uh unlike a freshman who might not have a collegiate experience all three of you actually have had collegiate experiences and that's a really interesting place to start and the first question i'd like to ask you all is why Cortland? So what was it about Cortland that attracted you here? Um, some from Division One, Division Two. Why come to Cortland? Yeah, um, well, Coach Axel gave me the opportunity to come to Cortland uh, two years ago when I was a freshman. Um, I had that opportunity, and unfortunately, I didn't take him up on that, and I chose to go to Adelphi. And honestly, I regret that decision uh, wholeheartedly. Um, but after reaching out to him, after it didn't go that well at Adelphi, um, he was kind enough to offer me another chance here at Cortland. So I really couldn't say no because everything he was telling me and everything he was doing to persuade me to come in all sounded good. It was like music to my ears. So 
um, like uh, the whole atmosphere and everything, the culture around like Cortland is very different compared to Adelphi. And I really, really think I made the right decision. So I quickly want to interject here, as you said, music to my ears. I want to dig a little deeper. What was that music? What were, what were the things that were said to you that really appealed to you and made Cortland the place to go? Um, well, the first thing was that he said he doesn't treat freshmen like, well, I know I'm a junior, but he said he doesn't uh, treat freshmen like freshmen would be treated at other uh, universities. Like he likes the whole um, group to be um, one and be with each other and there's no singling out like freshmen or anything. So I really like that. And also the whole uh, technological side of it, um, like how he monitors every like single thing we do on and off the field, like our times and everything, how, how much we run each practice, like top speed, all that stuff. And like, it, it's just very technologically advanced here. And I, I don't know, that was just what caught my eye. Excellent. Ian, how about you? Um, what really called me, well, at the beginning, I was I never had Corlin on my radar at all. I was so stuck on going D1. That was the only schools I was applying for, the only schools I was contacting. And I think I just got stuck with, like, that's the only place I, sh I should be. So I just turned my turned my radar off to everything else. And then when that didn't go as planned, my, my father actually reached out to these D3 schools for me. And Corlin was the the school to respond the quickest. Every email I sent to coach, he responded within a few hours, which has never been a, a, a thing that happened. Usually these coaches take weeks and weeks to answer. Mm -hmm. They'll answer one email and never respond again. So coach immediately got me. He said, I'm interested in you. He saw my soccer resume come for a visit. So he came down. And as soon as we got down, all the coaches were in the meeting with us, sitting with me and my, and my parents. And as soon as they broke it down, they said they were so focused on the, um, your mental your mental health as well as your physical health, which has never been yeah. with any of the coaches I've been like I've been um, training under. And to have that, just knowing that they're looking out for us, and knowing that I've had a past with like with mental like mental problems, and knowing that I get into slumps sometimes, knowing that they're always watching, be able to pick you up was definitely something that really made me feel like I can trust these guys, and I, like if I ever need help and they'll be there for me. So that was like, even though like soccer, I wanted to get back into the game, knowing that I had that support behind me was one of the main reasons I came here. Thanks, Ian. Yeah, um, I had a similar path as to Ian because, you know, coming out of D1, especially like, I mean, I was starting like my whole sophomore year and then I got injured at the end and like didn't end up starting then. But, you know, just coming with so many minutes from that atmosphere, I'm like, yeah, like I'm I definitely got to go back to D1. Like, there's no way I'm going to like drop down. But then like, um, my friend Mateo Leach was telling me like, Hey man, just at least reach out. And then like Steve, he gave him, he gave Steve my number. He called me and then I was like, okay, like, I'll at least give it a chance. And the second we started to get into details, like it's all just like, wow, like this is not going to be a step down at all. Like the quality here of soccer is great. But then even outside of that, like it's going to be so much better than any like low level D1 school I could have gone to and waited another semester to go to. So, you know, it's like if, you do that like how how much are they really going to invest you in d1 you're just gonna be another number in the hat but here it's like the soccer quality is just as good and they're just gonna invest all their time and effort into the 35 guys on this roster so, yeah and and for parents and players who are listening who are maybe starting their recruiting process you know something that i've come across as both a collegiate coach and a youth coach is people don't understand that each division is a spectrum 
So at D1, you have the highest of the highs. You have the ACC schools at the top. And they're going to be the most funded. They're going to attract the highest quality players. And then you go down. And the bottom tier of D1, uh, in many cases, is less than some of the top D3 schools uh, in terms of funding, support, et cetera. So what you're talking about, and for people that are listening, is you know, it's not a monolith. It's not D1 is a thing or D3 is a thing. It's a spectrum. And there's a lot of uh, schools in that spectrum. Um, so guys, thank you for that. I, I appreciate it. And I'm going to, just so people and my, and me get uh, this in order, I'm, I'll just go Luke, Ian and Eric on this next question, uh, yeah. starting with, okay, so you, you visit Cortland, you decide it's the place to go. Tell me what you felt the first time you were in and around the team as a member of the team. What did that feel like? Um, you know, I first got in to the meetings, of course, uh, like the whole first day is just kind of like, wish, not wishy-washy, but just like feeling everyone out. Then like, um, you could just tell right away that it wouldn't take long for everyone to, you know, get close. And like on the second or third day, like everyone's already molding together. And like, even the coaches are like getting to know the new guys, the freshmen, you know, the coaches like talk and joke around with the freshmen just as much as they do the four year seniors and stuff. So it's a good atmosphere. Ian? Yeah, I definitely, my first day, like, I was never the um, the guy that just to go to players and just, like, introduce myself and just go and go say hello to everybody. Like, as we, we've taken tests, like, these personality tests, and you can see it, it really, it helps you see, like, like there was, we have a bunch of introverts on the team, we have a bunch of extroverts, and coach makes sure that those introverts and they, I mean, um, those extroverts on the team know that there's introverts on the team and that they have to come to us to, um, to help us branch out, to help us in, like introduce us to the rest of the team. And no, knowing that they, um, the players knew that already, like immediately I'd have players coming up to me, making sure I was okay, making sure I would sit with them at lunch and all that. Even though like we came to the meetings the first day, one of our teammates unfortunately came late. So we had to do we do a hundred pushups, which we weren't um, completely ready for, but he makes sure we're all on the same page and we're all make sure we keep each other in check. So it really is like one giant family that we're all looking out for each other. Thanks Ian. Eric, how about you? Um, so like over the summer, I know a bunch of other guys on the team uh, came to like the summer camps and stuff and like stayed over, try to get um, a little bit acquainted with the rest of the team. But for me, like I didn't do any of that. So coming in was like very different for me. I, I knew absolutely no one except for the captain who I, Nevin, who I played with like over the summer a little bit. And, you know, it was, it was a little bit wishy-washy. Everyone was kind of quiet at first. And like, we were just going through the meetings and the motions of like the NCAA rules or whatever. And, but pretty much by like the second day, everyone was just like, we were just connected and everything was like, fine and I don't know it just made it it made it like very easy to um connect with the guys on the team and yeah I don't know it was just it was a pretty good process but at first it was wishy-washy like like Luke said sure uh, we all have the first day it's it's a really boring first day when you just fill out paperwork uh, and sometimes take medical tests etc um, so what I'm hearing you all talk about uh, something that I'm very interested in is intentionality is that how do cultures uh, put in place structures that intentionally welcome new players into that culture? So what I've heard so far is 
you take personality assessments. Yes. Uh, is that first day? Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. First day. And then that's all shared with everybody else and there's discussion? Yeah. yeah. What other intentional things are happening during that period to bridge this gap between new and old? I, I can go first on this one. Uh, so one thing is like immediately adapting the guys to the culture of the soccer team itself and what we try to carry as a group. And it's like, you know, just like being good humans, coach always talks about it. He's like, you know, if you leave the table, like try and like wipe it down, like leave it better than you found it. Um, you know, like hold the door for people, like be polite, say a serious man, just things like that. And it's just like, if you can do that, like um, as a freshman, like you, you just feel so much closer and like part of something bigger than yourself. And like, that's something you can just do day to day and be a part of the culture of the team. So. And um, another thing, he, another thing coach says is like, um, he puts a giant emphasis, like more than any other school I've been to on that. We're the soccer team at the school and we got to act like it. So like, everything's got to be respectful. Everything's got to be cleaned up. Like Luke said, and yeah, that was just in addition to the personality test, but everything is like working together as a group and yeah. Yeah, and with the personality test, we knew like which players needed different kind of motivations. Like some players work with getting yelled at and like they get that, like they get that urge to work harder. But then there's some players that if they get screamed at, they can just get, they'll just turn off and then they'll, there'll be, there'll be no response. There'll be no positive response at least. They'll just go back into their shell. They'll make more mistakes than they would have made positive. So I feel like when we did share all those personalities and how people react to everything, it did help us see like, okay, th this player needs this kind of motivation and this kind, this guy needs this kind. And then with the, um, with that, we wanted like, with the men's soccer team, we want people to say like, we don't want like how, let me, I'm understand this. We want people to think like, okay, the men's soccer team is coming here. Great. There's no problem. We know that's not going to be a mess. We know they're going to be respectful. They don't, they don't get turned off by the name. There's some schools that if you're if you're a team and you're traveling with them and you're traveling to a different building, the staff will be, the staff is kind of like, oh, they're coming back. We're gonna have to clean up after them. We're gonna, they're gonna leave a mess. They're gonna break something. Coach makes sure that if the soccer team is going around, we keep it, and there'll be a punishment if we don't. Like he makes sure that we're all a unit and we're all looking after the school because we go here. We wanted to make it look beautiful. We don't want to be in a school that's gross, like. We're, this is where we're. This is where we're living for the next pretty much 200 days, 250 days, however many days we're staying. And the season's only so short, but we're a team on and off the field at all times. So what I'm hearing, and again, thanks guys. This is this is absolutely fantastic. And so much about culture is that it's ideas nested within each other, like a nesting doll. So the first thing I hear is is this sense of uh, purpose or mission, and without maybe saying it explicitly, it is this sense that there's something greater than you. Am I hearing that right? Yes. So from that idea that you're part of a bigger community, both the team and then the school, under that we have a bunch of values. Um, and those values are attached to behaviors, some of which you've already articulated. Things like getting to know each other is important. Now, in a lot of other environments, you could take that same personality assessment and not care about it. I mean, that happens all the time, especially in the corporate world. 
but it meant something to you. And it meant something to you because it was attached to a value. So if you could just, and I don't necessarily mean the spreadsheet, which we'll talk about in a minute, because I know there's something like 26 values. But if you had to distill the values of Cortland soccer down to three, what would those values be? Um, I think, I think one important one, I mean, one that just, when you say top three, I mean, I just think of this one word, it's integrity. It's like, it's like, yeah, you can do good stuff when you're on the team, but like, what are you going to do when nobody's watching? Are you really living that culture like through in and throughout, or are you just doing it when we tell you to? Great. What else? Um, I would, I would have to say might not be a top one, but I feel like we all show it is definitely a sense of passion. We all are obsessed with this game and like, this is why we're here. Although like it might've not been our first choice. Obviously we have transfers. We have I think six or seven transfers this year. So like starting from like going from somewhere to coming here, like, you know, we're coming here to play, like we want to ball out and we're all working to a goal. Like we all want to win. So if like, if we all want to, if we're working on, on the field, as if, as hard as we're working off the field, then everything will be, everything is just going to merge together and be as perfect as we want it to be. That was so well said. Okay. We have integrity and passion. And another one I would say would be uh, to be committed. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Cause like being committed to a team and um, like, being all in on something at this level is very important. And, you know, like if you're not, if you're not really committed, like the coach doesn't really have trust in you. You can't be like, no one really trusts you. And, you know, like, I don't know, just uh, being committed and um, putting everything you got on the team is just really important, especially at SUNY Portland. Yeah. I would say those are three very powerful values on their own, right? Integrity, passion, and commitment. Uh, would you all agree that you feel that as well as think it? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, integrity, what's an example of a behavior in your culture that rewards that? So what's a, what's a behavior that's associated with integrity? Um, you know, one for me that I uh, like to use, just like when you're at the dining hall and like, you spill your cereal, like all over the counter, like, are you going to pick that back up? Like when no one's looking or what are you gonna do? So, I mean, that's an example that I like to use. Sure. And also, like following the rules, like coach like says, like he he's gonna he's gonna give us our opportunities to go out and stuff and like have fun and have a social life and whatever. And but he just doesn't want you like destroying those rules and like breaking them. So like you got to stay like true to yourself and understand that. Like when he says you could do this, you have to do that. If he doesn't say anything else otherwise, then you just got to uh, be true. Yeah, he always says, you know, same rules apply as night before a game and same rules apply as 2 a.m. on a Saturday night. So it's just, you know, keeping that culture in the back of your mind all the time. Yeah. What about passion? Um, Coming from passion is just like this always desire to improve. Like we always want to be better than the day we are before. Like if we're making all these mistakes one day and coach is getting on us, we cannot be making the same mistakes in the second session of the day, the day the day after that, or two weeks. We don't we never want to be making those same mistakes. We should hundred percent be making 
like yeah just, oh, there should always be improvement we should always be going uphill even if there's sometimes this plateau it should never be going back down it should always be up yesterday is done like we can't change that it's always about today it's always about tomorrow it's always about the future with us and who is monitoring accountability because you also brought up accountability right so in that passion is this idea of if we're supposed to be receiving the ball on our left foot and we're not doing it this morning session, then we should be doing it in the second session. So who or what is enforcing that is holding you accountable to that? Um, I mean, the, that's kind of hard for, uh, I mean, obviously coaches can enforce it, but I mean, like typically it would just be the captains, you know, but honestly the entire team like enforces that type of um, commitment and persistence. So like if you're not doing the right thing, someone will call you out on it and you have to fix it right then and there. Got it. What about commitment? What are, what's a behavior that is rewarded for commitment? How do you show that? Um, commitment is like, for example, like say we're out in training in a morning session and like you didn't have your best session or something and you show up to the second session and you're out there an hour early getting to the training room, uh, working out. And then you go out on the field like an hour early and just work on stuff you weren't doing well in the first session. That's commitment, showing up early, showing that you care, showing that like, hey, like this is what I have to work on. I realize it and I'm, I'm gonna keep doing it until I get it right. Yeah, thanks for that. All right, gentlemen, here's the million dollar question that I ask everybody on the podcast. What is your definition of culture? Definition. Um, let's see. Well, we could definitely start with it's something that you want your your incoming players, no matter what age they are, to follow. It's mm -hmm. you want like the captains know, like they're coming in with all these years of experience. They want to enforce on us, no matter what it is. You want us to be positive, but you want it to. You want to it's something you want to feel like at home. Like this is our home now. We're all brothers. Like that's, that's the culture. I think that's, that's probably my definition of culture. Somewhere that you want it somewhere that's home to you. Yeah. The first thing that comes to my mind is definitely positive positivity. You got to have a positive culture and uh, negativity is just going to bring the whole team down and the environment down. But like, coming from Long Island, living on Long Island and being four hours away here upstate, I still feel like I'm home, just like Ian said. Like, I haven't skipped the beat. And I don't know, it's just a very good culture and a positive one. Yeah, um, I think culture for me, it's to define it, I mean, I guess it's like almost an idea or even like an aura that the team carries. Because sometimes culture can be a part of a team that like, they don't even know they have that culture because some teams, you know, carry a bad culture. But when you influence such a positive mindset, um, like, you know, that you have good culture. It's really like your attitudes and like behaviors of everyone on that team. And whether it's good or bad, that'll define how good or bad your culture is. So. Hey, those are three great definitions and, and different. And that's what it's supposed to be because everybody has a different uh, understanding yeah. of culture. Uh, on culture, how do you all relate? And we can just go again, Luke, Ian, Eric, for the sake of listeners. How do you relate to the spreadsheet? So in the episode with Steve, uh, he went to great detail about the spreadsheet that has a list of, I think it's 26 values. Am I correct on that? 
Yeah, it's something it like that. I'm not sure, but yeah, it's, it's quite a bit. Yeah, it's, so let's say more than 20. And you get rated either a zero or a one. So you have it is a zero, you don't have it is a one, and then uh, everyone rates everybody else. And then at the end, you have this uh, accumulation of points, so to speak. So how yeah. do you make sense of that? What does that do for you? Um, well, it's almost like, because we talk about culture, it's really up in the air. And like it's always just kind of ideas, like I said, and all this other stuff. But like that just kind of puts it into like black and white numbers for you. And it's like, you're either doing it or you're not. And your teammates will recognize it because they're the ones who are around you all the time. It's not just going to be the coaches judging you now. It's, it's now it's your day-to-day roommates and teammates. So. Yeah. And in, in different parts of the session, we're working with different players. So like it, it could be all the defenders and all the midfielders and all the forwards. So like, if you're getting throughout these sessions, like everybody's seeing what you're doing and if they're seeing that you're not putting the effort in, they'll, they'll they can remember this and they'll let you know in that spreadsheet at the end of the season. And you'll see like what you have to improve on. So every year you hope to improve every year. It should be a higher number than the year before. Like we taught this desire to improve before and being committed to it and being disciplined and having that crazy work ethic to always be better than you were. So it kind of just keeps you in check and it really makes sure like, if you're not hitting this, we're going to let you know. Yeah. It's literally like they both said, it's literally right on the spreadsheet. So everyone can see it. Coaches, captains, players. Um, so if you're not doing the right thing, it's, it's going to be noticeable, but you know, you just got to keep working at it and you got to keep grinding to complete it. Yeah. And as I said a little bit earlier, what's fascinating to me is that you care about the spreadsheet, right? Cause you can have that spreadsheet in another situation and not care about it at all. Yes. But you guys all really care about that. Am I hearing that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. It's a pretty incredible testament to the culture. Uh, so, so moving ahead quickly here, cause I'm, I'm certainly sensitive to your time. Uh, these three young men are in their preseason and they're probably training two to three times a day. And I know what it's like after a session, you want to relax. So I'm going to try to get them into that relaxed mode as fast as I can. But when I heard you talk about transferring and the reasons why, what I heard is in that environment, the former environment, you didn't feel that you could be your authentic self. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So in psychology, uh, something we talk about a lot on this podcast is this idea of psychological safety that, and, and that's loosely defined as I feel that I can be my authentic self. Do you feel that you can be your authentic self at Cortland? Yes. A hundred percent. You'd be like being at Adelphi. Like I got injured my freshman year. I wasn't, I wasn't really uh, ready for the D2 level. I don't think, but you know, coming to Cortland, um, I just honestly feel like I could be myself. I can crack jokes during practice. Like I could just be the person I am. And even though like it's, I'm with people that I just met literally four days ago, I just, I feel very comfortable and I feel like this is definitely the place for me. Um, transferring from transferring from Iona and being at Iona I was definitely subject to the same thing Stu was and being injured in the I was injured um, unfortunately in captain's practice before preseason even started and once preseason started I was told that like my coach literally told me like you weren't preparing right like and it was an injury that I I couldn't even prevent it was something that you can't really it wasn't a muscle thing unfortunately my foot just got stuck in the turf I turned it 
and it got stuck and my knee slid out of place. So it wasn't something I could control, but like hearing that, like that I didn't work hard enough to prepare. And that's why I got injured kind of instantly turned me off to the whole program. It was like, if you think I'm not working for you and you, you constantly like are saying these negative things, like my, 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 my passion that we we're talking about before my passion to improve kind of just hit a standstill right there. And I didn't want to work anymore. And I, I lost that drive and I lost my will to work and coming to Corlin and seeing like that they're so focused on, on your improvement and your grades improving as well as your on the pitch performance. I really feel like this is, this is going to be the place for me and this is going to be where I'm going to be at my best. And with these boys, I really feel like it's just going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I definitely feel like I could be myself with Cortland because it's just so inviting and it's like it's almost out of the ordinary if you're not yourself. You know, the guys want you to bring like yourself every day and they want you to bring something new to the table because that's what we're all about. Um, but as long as you're just buying into the culture and the attitudes, like you can just you can be whoever you are and they'll invite it. So the captains and coaches are all very clear about that. Well, again, it's it's an impressive feat when a culture can uh, carry that out. And I'm going to go just another layer deeper, and we're going to go into the world of neuroscience. Do we have any uh, science majors? Uh, no. I'm exercise science. But yeah. it's like PT. You know what? We'll count it. It works. Uh, but uh, so there's a, there's a model called the SCARF model, and it stands for Status, Certainty, Autonomy, Relatedness, and Fairness. And essentially what this is, it's, it's a model uh, made by David Rock. And uh, again, based on neuroscience, it says that um, these five domain activate the same threat and reward response in our brain that we rely on for physical survival. So another way of saying that is, if you feel threatened physically, your body reacts, right? Fight or flight. And uh, what this model is saying is that emotionally, psychologically, if these five domains aren't met, your body has the same response. So that is essentially psychological safety. So if we don't feel psychologically safe, we are reacting as if we're being physically threatened. So I'm going to go through them. And I wonder if you guys could just comment, uh, you know, very briefly, how this works at Cortland, uh, and whether or not you feel it. So status, for example, um, and that's our relative importance to others. How do you feel status? Um, I mean, just involvement, really, like, do you mean status like within the team or status? Yes, like? Status within the team. So how does the culture of the team uh, give you that sense of status? Yeah, I mean, well, like, you know, you have a voice. Like, you know, you can talk to anyone about anything and it will be heard and it won't be pushed aside like many other places, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and you also said the whole thing like belonging to something bigger than yourself. I would say that's another way that you feel that you're part of something yeah. which is status absolutely yeah um what about certainty so uh you all talked about a lack of certainty in the former cultures you came from what is it about this culture that you feel uh, a, a safety with certainty that you kind of know what to expect about in the future i mean like coach coach gives us like uh he gives everyone a shot like he puts everyone out there on the pitch like you all you have like if you weren't certain at like your old school like this is completely different um because you have the feeling that like oh like people are actually watching me this time like it like compared to old school where like you would maybe be 
sitting on the sideline for half a practice. Right. I'm not really been been doing that much, you know. Mm-hmm. And but like here, he gives everyone and he rotates everyone in to give them their yeah. opportunities, and that's very very different for me. Yeah, because I know um I know like as experienced players, you know, you already feel a bit of certainty just because well like playing wise, um just because of the experience and all the freshmen. You know, he made it very clear from the first day on. He's like, uh, you know, you're all like freshmen. If you like show the culture and the attitude that we have, like that's something you control that I will notice right away. And like, so it doesn't matter on um, your status at all. Um, so that's a certainty for, you know, a lot of people on pitch. And actually in, in that description of certainty, you hit the other three. Um, you yeah. talked about autonomy, which is the sense that you individually have control over your reality so that you can earn your way on the team and you can earn your way off the team as opposed to feeling like uh, it's out of your control. Yes. You talked about relatedness, how safe we feel with others. So a big part of what I heard in this interview was how safe you feel around your community, your team, Mm -hmm. that you can be who you want to be. And then fairness, again, connected to this idea of autonomy and certainty and status is that uh, you believe you have a fair shot, that there's not a bias against you implicitly or explicitly. Am I hearing that? Yes. yes. So well done, Cortland Soccer, for uh, meeting the SCARF model. Um, we have, we're about to wrap up, guys. Again, I really appreciate your time. And I just have some quick hit questions that I ask our guests. Um, and we'll go back to our Luke, Ian, Eric. These are just simple answers. Um, yeah. And we start with, what do you wish all coaches knew about culture? Um, I mean, I wish they all knew how important it was to the success of the team on and off the pitch. Um, I would hope that they, uh, like, Axel's is this is the first time we focused on, like what I said prior in the interview, was this this mental aspect of the game. Like, we're, we're so focused on the physical aspect, and there's so many advancements in it that the, the mental part is the next step. And all coaches, especially in the soccer field, like with players getting injured, that like when you're off the field, like you lose part of yourself. And knowing that that's part of the game now, um, and knowing that like your mental aspect of the games will affect your, your physical performance, that definitely has to be part of the culture of every, every sports team in NCAA, I think, as well as professional. Yeah, culture has a big effect on determining whether there's a positive or negative environment around a team. And it, if you don't have like, have a good culture and like a good um, what's the word like good um, connection with the rest of the guys on the team, like it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a negative uh, it's gonna be a negative culture. And it's just here is very different. And I don't know. I'm just very happy I'm here, and I look forward to the season. Yeah, and that comes through. I got to say that comes through with all of you, that you're very content where you are. Um, so next question, what do you wish all players knew about culture? And again, we'll just keep with our Luke, Ian, and Eric order. Yeah. Um, I wish, you know, I hope they all know how important um, the team is, but also how important like they are individually to that culture because, you know, you're, you're not a – team of 11 starters you're not a team of 18 roster players you're a team of 35 um like through and throughout so just know how important you are to that 
And uh, I also think that every action you do does have an effect on the rest of your team. Like one player being late, one player leaving something on the table that affects our the the view of the program. So like every everybody has to be on the same page. Everybody has to try to be as perfect as they can be. Of course, there's room for mistakes, but we have to try to limit those mistakes. And we're here for a reason. We're here to do a job, and getting that job done is is that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, like Ian said, just being like on time and doing all the right things. Like, if you don't do that stuff, it could make or break like culture surrounding a team. So, as an individual player, you just you just want to stick to what you know is right, what the coach explains to you in preseason, and just don't do anything differently. Great. What is, in your opinion, the next evolution of the Cortland men's soccer team culture? So you're here and it's great. What's the next level? Next level. I mean, I think the next level might be like a more advanced version of the um, personality traits maybe, because I know we are just starting to feel out the motivators and um, like that part of it, that part of it. Cause um, I think last year they did do the test maybe, um, but they didn't know how to motivate each other. So I think this year, you know, we're going to be feeling each other out with those, that type of stuff. But I think later on, they might be able to dive a little deeper and really start to pick things up with that. Adding to what Stavi said, I, like, I agree with all of that. And it comes from, it starts with um, the coaches and it goes all the way down to the freshmen and knowing that we're all part of this program and then, and but for improvement, like right now, like we're just trying to fine tune everything. We're so early in the preseason. We still have like weeks and weeks left. I feel like we'll definitely know what we what more we need to improve. Like right now, we're kind of we're still feeling each other out. We've only known each other for less than a week. Like we're just getting to a week. And so like we still have a, we still really do have a lot to figure out as a program. So improving just ourselves and as a team is probably like the first thing on our minds right now for the future. I feel like it's so hard to think about that because we're still, we're still just trying to grow as a unit. Yeah. Well, um, one thing I noticed when I got here is that the amount of leadership surrounding the team is incredible. Like everyone is for themselves and they can lead themselves and they can lead the rest of the team anyone even some of the freshmen and like that's incredible and that that's really what I think um the future at Cortland soccer really banks on just having that leadership and commitment surrounding the team at I mean there's some guys that aren't really there yet but I think in the future that like every single player on the roster will be leaders and that's a big thing yeah I agree uh, the last three questions are fill in the blanks the first step in creating an intentional culture is? Um, <laughs> first step. First step. And by the way, guys, it can 100% be a group answer. Okay. <laughs> um, I'd have to say it's trust. We all have to be able to trust each other. If you, if you don't trust your coaches, if you don't trust your captains, if, like if the captains don't trust their, the younger players on the team, there's nothing to build from. You have to have that solid base of trust and you, like, you know these players are going to be, be at your back the whole time. If you fall, they'll always be able to pick you up. 
So if you don't have that, there's really nothing else you can build yeah. off of. I think another step in defining team culture is like, I mean, coach did it really well, all the coaches, um, you know, lay out what it is black and white in a PowerPoint like day one for the players and then you can go from there. So. And another thing about that is giving the players access to those PowerPoints and yeah. access to those, um, to those paperworks. Cause you know, the whole thing about commitment is knowing that like you could trust the player behind your back, that they're going to go look at the film. They're going to go look at the PowerPoints and they're going to read everything and they're going to follow it. And that's a big thing here also. Thanks guys. Uh, the culture we are trying to create at Cortland is. Um, is. Is. Like, like winning the right way almost, I would say. Yeah, I would just say simply positive. Because we are, I mean, we do like want to know each other mold well, but I mean, we still like a grip mentality. We want to win games and get at people. Um, and, you know, I don't know. So like, we're like, we're these perfect, we want to be these perfect human beings off the pitch to yeah. all the staff, to the, to the equipment managers, to the, the ladies in the lunchroom that just sign our names in when we're, when we're coming in, everybody. But then once we step on the field, we're killers. Like coach wants us to be assassins. Like we're going after these kids uh, to kill them. We're going to score, we're going to win all these games. We're really, we're trying to win the SUNYAC. We're trying to win national. We're trying to win the NCAA tournament and run through everybody. So like, it, it's just, it has to be a balance of knowing where you are off the field. And then once you're on the field, you're in a complete different mindset and you're ready to, you're really ready. Yeah, to I work. mean, if you see the Instagram post, they always, you know, hashtag elite human. That's been something he's been pushing on us since day one, so. And just to be clear, so everyone's sure, it's metaphorically kill someone. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, last question. Uh, we will know that we have created this culture when? I'd say when we're going around campus and we see all these people smiling at us, knowing that the, and that men's soccer is coming and we see everybody coming to the games and supporting us. And when we win this championship this season, that's when we know we did our job and we're ready for the, and we're just ready for the next season to come and ready to do it all over again. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be hard to, you know, pick a moment to define your culture, but I think it'll definitely, I think it's going to be when we're tested and that's when we'll see the true colors of some players. And I think that's when it will come. So Luke, Ian, Eric, I really thank you for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to speak with me. It's been great. Um, yeah. I really appreciate you all. And I wish you the absolute best on your season. Good. Right. Thank, thank you so you. much. Matthew. Appreciate it's your time a, as well. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Thank you for listening to this episode of the performance rising podcast if you liked what you heard you can find all the information about the podcast at performancerising.org and be sure to check out the instagram page at performance underscore rising